0: Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin, but check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Sani Abdul-Jabbar, who heads up Vestech, which is a software development provider. And while we do talk a little bit about his business today, our main topic of conversation is one that is important to every single business leader interested in Bitcoin, which is how do we receive payments in Bitcoin. This will almost definitely not be the only time we talk about this topic, but today you're going to get Sonny's thoughts and we'll get to those right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with a Bitcoin for business quick start guide. This 27 page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Sonny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Josh. Glad to be here. So I like to start off every single one of these interviews with a few questions. And the first one, just to give everyone an idea of of where you're coming from, what your experience in this space is, the first question is, when and how did you first learn about Bitcoin?
1: So I first learned about Bitcoin around 2009, 2010. But first time I used Bitcoin was when I hired someone offshore, um, a virtual assistant type person in the early days of my business. And this person wanted to be paid uh, his wages in Bitcoin. So uh, and the reason might have been he didn't have access to banking or something. So I went out and and learned how to buy Bitcoin and how to transfer and use and the early concept of um, um, crypto wallets and all that. So I bought some Bitcoin and imagine to 2010 or 11, that's when it happened. The price of Bitcoin. I had to pay only a few U.S. dollars to buy a bunch of Bitcoins. And I paid this guy. Now, here's the funny part of the story. After paying him, I had some Bitcoins left over in my wallet. And the value of those Bitcoins was so low that I just let him sit there, didn't even worry about it. Years later, um, someone asked me if I knew about Bitcoin. And I said, yes, I know. And they said, have you ever used it? And it, it brought back to my memory that, yes, I've used it and have some leftover Bitcoins. Now, the price had gone, imagine where it had gone from 2010 and the conversation took place in 2015, I think. It had gone, I think it was like around seven, $800 at that point uh, from probably $10 when I bought it. So whatever Bitcoins I had left over in my account, they had gone up. Funny part, I had forgotten my password and I didn't even write it down. So I had to do some trial and error. Finally, I was able to find my password and I was able to recover those leftover Bitcoins. So that was my first interaction with this.
0: The next question is this. What is the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people?
1: Well, look, so Bitcoin is a is a emerging tech. <clears throat> it falls under that umbrella. And emerging tech is what I do in my work at Vestec and, at my, and my work in you know reading and writing and speaking and all that. There is no, um, I can't say that, you know, read one book and you'll be an expert on Bitcoin. What I can say is consume content that's more like of a live nature. Uh, Your newsletters, your podcasts, books become outdated by the time they hit the market. So for resources, I would start, well, um, let me plug my own newsletter and podcast, uh, Blockchain Brief. It's a weekly podcast. And my promise to you is that if you consume it once a week, it takes about five to seven minutes You'll stay up to date on what's going on in Bitcoin and the blockchain world overall. Uh, So that's that. This newsletter talks about cryptocurrency and Bitcoins, not just from the tech perspective, less actually from the tech perspective, more from the economy and business perspective. Because the issue is with emerging tech is that regulation is constantly changing. New laws are being formed, so what's true today may or may not be true tomorrow. So that's why I would say you know use lot more uh, uh, live type content, uh, podcasts, and and uh, newsletters type stuff
0: now we have talked about in your bio that you are in the the broader blockchain space. And, you know, listeners will know from the name of the show that this is entirely a Bitcoin focused show. You're in this broader space as well. I'm curious, and this hopefully would go even beyond blockchain. uh, Beyond Bitcoin, is there a tool or an idea that's recently been valuable to you and your business? Just an idea you've been playing with, thinking through or enacting in your business that has been very helpful to you?
1: So a tool and an idea. The tool is, uh, I came across this thing called Descript. People in the podcast world have known it for a long time. I just got introduced to it a few months ago. And it has made my life so much easier when it comes to audio and video editing. It's basically you edit audio and video by editing text not actually going on the timeline and figuring out where it is. So I'm like really excited about it, and I'm using it. So, so if you do anything with audio or video uh, editing for any reason, script is a really good tool, highly recommended. The idea... Um, so I've been in the emerging tech world for a long time, about 20 years now. And I have always intuitively... Done this. I am working on a current technology, whatever current emerging tech is. At one point, it was as simple as websites back in the early 2000s. Um, then there were ERPs, then there were uh, your mobile applications, mobile platforms. Now it's blockchain. There's all, already other things on the horizon. So I was intuitively running current, uh, running projects in current technology and talking about it. Then I was keeping an eye on the horizon, and then intuitively I was uh, looking at when is the right time, when is when is that golden moment, the golden opportunity, when you when something that's a hype becomes a trend and now it's worth going in uh, as a business. Blockchain has been around since I think the '80s. Bitcoin has been around since 2009. But when did it become a trend? And at that point, you want to step in. That's the golden opportunity, right? So I've been doing that intuitively, but it wasn't until this year that I actually put it in a formula format where I actually created a formula where uh, where I look at what's happening now, what's coming down the pike based, based on you know the conversations that take place at conferences that I attend and speak at, uh, what's happening in the labs, what customers are asking for. So based on that, we know what's coming down the pike. And then the point where uh, it becomes large enough trend, then now it's justified to put in resources to build your production and delivery muscle in that particular technology. The reason why I'm talking about it, I think, I believe that this model applies to essentially any business. This model can be used in Bitcoin, it can be used in any other business, because if you're not innovating, if you're not um, thinking what's next, if you're not pivoting constantly, then you fall behind. And you cannot remain competitive. But there's a fine line between running after every every new shiny object and actually investing resources in something that really matters. So emergence emergence convergence formula um, that I had trademarked uh, got trademarked this year is the first time after twenty years that I actually put it in a formal uh, formula format, and and I'm I'm happy about it.
0: And if people are intrigued by that, where could they go to find out a little bit more about the Emergence Formula?
1: I will. Uh, I have written a little bit about it um, online in Forbes and on our website in the blog, but I plan to start a series of articles within the next few weeks, and I'll be sharing that through Blockchain Brief.
0: And our final question, we call this our arbitrary but insightful question, is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not?
1: Well, as a general life answer, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to experiences uh, then as long as it's within you know certain confines of legal model ethical, I'm always open to experiences so my answer is why not but when it comes to business and when it comes to advising others where to invest their energy and resources and um, financial resources, that's when why I start everything with a why we build digital products and the very in the very first meeting that I attend with our investment partners or clients, my very first question is why? Why are we doing it? And I actually spend good amount of time on defining that why. Then we actually document it, then we actually put it. Well, in the past in the before times when we used to meet people in person and the you know our staff was at 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 the office and we used to meet in these big boardrooms, I would have it printed and put on the wall. Now what I do um, um, during our uh, online meetings, because we have gone fully virtual during the COVID days, I keep bringing up that why over and over. And when I feel that someone in the team or the whole team is sort of diverting from or, or, change, or, 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 or kind of losing focus of their goal, I, I bring them back to the Why? And that why helps us define where the money should go, where people should go. Even when we are, a lot of negotiation happens between different stakeholders over which features to include in a platform or not. And it's the why that determines then. It, it becomes very helpful. So therefore, my, my answer to your question is, Why?
0: But here's what truly sets them apart. Veles Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Veles Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VelesCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Veles Let's make Make sure, your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Well, I appreciate that. And more importantly than the answer itself, I appreciate the, the reasoning there. It helps to sharpen the ways that we, we think about things. So um Sani, when it comes to Bitcoin, you know, I, I was trying to think of different people to ask on this show. And there are people who are going to be coming on the show for weeks and weeks. But when I first started reaching out to people, I thought, who do I know who's in this world? And we are in a mutual group on LinkedIn, you came to mind, and I, I reached out to you asking you about maybe some connections in this space, people who are specifically using Bitcoin, maybe Bitcoin businesses, or just business owners who are using Bitcoin in the the day-to-day. And one of the things you said is, hey, we accept uh, Bitcoin as payment. And so this is one of the most basic things when it comes to business. How can you receive payment? So thinking about adopting Bitcoin as payment is what I'd really like to talk to you about today and and maybe uh, as some of your other projects and things like that. But I think business owners... One of the basic things is how do I receive Bitcoin into my business? So I'd love for you to just maybe share some of your thoughts on this, what you're doing right now, and some of the the, the pros and cons around that thinking
1: of payments in Bitcoin for business. Absolutely. So um, as I mentioned earlier, that one of the uh, one of the variable in emergence convergence formula is when customers start asking for something. Now, I had been thinking about using Bitcoin for a while. But we did not start using it in our business until, and every now and then we would ask customers, would you be willing to pay in Bitcoin because of the instantaneous nature of the payment? So that's a good thing about crypto payments. Somebody pays you in Bitcoin, you get the money right away. There is no wait for X number of days. There's no credit card fees. And there's no bank fees, essentially. And regardless where the customers are located, there's no bank to bank transfer, uh, You know, no bad checks. No, no chargebacks, like all that headache that we dealt with forever, and we thought that was reality, that all disappeared the moment we started using Bitcoin. And the, the, the way it happened, I had been thinking about it, we had been asking our customers, but the response from the customers for many years was, oh, it's more complicated, I, don't, I have to learn how it works, so on and so forth. And at one point, a couple of years ago, a customer, when I asked him, he was like, oh, I thought you don't accept crypto payments. I was like, "No, we do. would love to." And and I said, "Well, you'll be our first customer then." And then after that, it was a simple matter of creating a setup for that transaction. Now, I had my own personal wallets before that, uh, as I mentioned, I've been using Bitcoin since two thousand eleven. Uh, but for the and this is advice for the business people, uh, business leaders who want to start accepting Bitcoin, they have to have their business wallet, business crypto wallet. Not personal, and there's a reason for that. Taxation works differently, and there are other um, uh, criteria, other other um, criteria that's different for business versus personal. So you could go to um, something as simple as Coinbase. I personally use Coinbase. The reason why I use Coinbase is Coinbase is a it's, it's on the uh, uh, SEC regulated, and they follow lots of SEC rules. Uh, there's a proper know your customer KYC process in place. The user experience is straightforward. Customer service is straightforward and very helpful. Um, So that's where I started. When you use it for business, you don't want to use Bitcoin, uh, sorry, Coinbase, um, uh, their standard service. They have a Coinbase Pro service. There's no cost to it. But Coinbase Pro provides you more data, more control, and fees, um, Coinbase Pro fees are actually much lesser, actually non-existent, I think, uh, compared to Coinbase Regular. So you want to do that. And there's, it's a very simple process. If you don't know how to do it, Google search how to convert a Coinbase account into Coinbase Pro takes a few minutes. Not a, not complicated at all. So once you have that account you know, on Coinbase Pro, then uh, what you do is you take, um, there's a QR code that you can send to your customer, or there's, a, uh, there's also a wallet address, which is a long string of alphanumeric characters. You send that to your customer. Customer sends money to that account. One thing that we do... With every single payment, our payments tend to be larger uh, amounts every single time. Not with every new customer. I'm saying with every new transaction, we ask the customer to send us a small payment first. So instead of paying me, you know, hundred thousand dollars, send me ten dollars on that address to to confirm that they have the correct address. Because there's, um, I don't think we have the time right now to go into it, but. There's a lot of hacking going on, and you wouldn't even know how those hacking and those viruses work. Um, they sit dormant on your computer, and the moment you copy a wallet address, for example, that's when they change the address tiny bit such that the payment doesn't come to you, it goes to somebody else. Right? And there are many other tricks around that. Um, so to avoid all that, you, first you ask for a very small payment. So once you have that payment uh, and you confirm that you received the payment, then you ask the customer to make the full payment. Once the payment comes to you, then a couple of things you need to do. One, because Bitcoin's price fluctuates quite frequently, you need to think, do you want to keep that money in your crypto wallet or do you want to move it immediately, uh, withdraw it and move it to your bank account? And the reason for that is if you keep it in your crypto wallet, it's exposed to the risk of that fluctuation in the value of Bitcoin. Um, you could look at it as investment if you want to keep it there and be aware of the risk that goes with investment. Price goes, goes up and down. Or you can move it out to your fiat account, bank account. <clears throat> it's a one-click process. And you avoid that risk. Uh, one, another possibility is you could keep it in your crypto wallet by converting your Bitcoin into a stable coin. So there's USDC coin, there's USDT coin, and there's a bunch of other, these are tethered coins and their value doesn't fluctuate very much. By doing that, you're not moving your money constantly to your bank account, you're keeping it in your crypto wallet, but you, you, you can still avoid the, the risk of fluctuation that comes with Bitcoin. So that's another thing to think about. Um, then taxation rules I mentioned earlier, they're still emerging. Um, if you're using Coinbase as your crypto wallet, Coinbase will provide you all the documentation necessary, um, and they also report to the IRS. They act almost in a similar fashion when it comes to taxation reporting. They're required to the same rules as a standard bank. So be aware of that. Um, I'm sometimes asked, oh, if I have income in my crypto account, do I need to still report it for my taxation? In the end, I'm not a tax expert, but I can tell you from my personal experience, I believe I have to report every penny that comes into my crypto account and treat it just like any other income. Um, then the next thing is, um, rules are constantly changing, laws are constantly changing around Bitcoin and crypto payments. Be aware of those and talk to experts. So if you're, uh, for example, if you're creating a new deal or if you're creating a new business model around Bitcoin, what I do Every time we create a new business model, the first people that I talk to after users and understanding the pain point, lawyers are the next people that I talk to. Because rules are changing so constantly, you need to be aware of that. Uh, by going by using a mainstream um, platform, crypto platform, such as Coinbase you can avoid having to learn everything because they follow those rules and they are required to follow sec's guidelines and other guidelines so therefore some of that burden go you know um, gets off of your shoulder and you know they become responsible so these are some of the things um the payments itself is pretty straightforward you need to create an account you need to send your wallet address to the other person that's it it is as simple as that everything else is just to be aware of and and you know Um, just to protect yourself from different types of risks.
0: So a few questions come to mind, and hopefully you'll be able to answer these sort of quickly, although I'm sure there are a lot of considerations here. You mentioned larger payments, six-figure payments. Does it make sense to accept Bitcoin for smaller amounts? What is your thinking when it comes to these larger payments, using Bitcoin for those, as opposed to maybe something that is, you know, three figures, four figures?
1: I really love Bitcoin for the fact that you can make payments in any size of transaction you can make micro transactions a bunch of the software that we build there is some system of either incentivizing or penalizing people based on their activity and I don't have to think in terms of round numbers I can incentivize someone in like you know one thousandth of a bitcoin you know or or one millionth of a bitcoin so that you can go as many decimal points you can go Having said that, um, from the transaction size perspective, I don't think there's a massive difference. The only thing that I find a little bit tricky in my own personal experience is the accounting side of it. So a transaction comes in, most accounting platforms currently do not uh, work with crypto platforms. So, so let's say you know many small businesses, they use QuickBooks, for example. QuickBooks directly links with all your most, uh, not if not all, most um, major banks. Transaction comes in, automatically gets recorded in your, in your QuickBooks. Your, in, uh, your invoices get updated automatically. Your accountants know what to do with it. But when you receive a payment in a crypto wallet, now someone has to manually go in, look at that payment, understand which invoice this payment pertains to, and I'm assuming there's an invoice in the, in the process because not every business has invoices, right? Point of sale, for example, doesn't have invoices. So now you have to tie that payment with what you delivered, whether it's invoice or point of sale. And every time you have a transaction, you have to do that. And now if you're holding money in your crypto wallet, that bitcoins that are coming in, their value changes, so when you received, let's say you had a transaction for the ease of this you know, conversation, you had a transaction of $100, you received $100, but the value changed and now it became $90 at the end of the month when you're closing your month. Are you going to count it as $90 or $100? We treat it, and this is the recommendation from SEC, to treat it, look at the value of the trans- at the time of the transaction. When the customer made the transaction, that's the value. After that, if the value goes up or up or down, you treat it as investment. So you have to deal with all that manually. As of right now, I'm not aware of any accounting platform that does it automatically. We actually have to keep a spreadsheet uh, in my business to to see, you know, what the value was when a customer made the transaction versus today or at the end of the month when we close.
0: Well, so the next question here is you mentioned hacking and viruses. That freaks people out, understandably so, especially if you're going to be sending a, l- a large amount. That's why you said, you know, always test by sending a smaller amount. But I'm curious are there some ways that you can, uh, is this basically just detected like regular viruses or is this something that is a, a different beast that you're working
1: with? Well, both, both. One is social engineering, which has been around for a while. Uh, so means, uh, you know, I trick you into giving me your information. So that method is still being used. Then there are um, other hacking and spyware and, and viruses that are specifically designed for crypto. So one example that I used this one malicious software, what it does is it, it installs itself on your computer, on your mobile device. It can come from, you know, when you visit a website that's not safe or if you, you received a document from somebody who had an infected computer and you open the document on your computer and now your computer is infected. But it doesn't do anything. It just sits there. It will sit there until you copy, control C, command C, or, you know, right click, copy, a, a wallet address. A wallet address has its, its own nomenclature. its its structure, so it can be identified, right? It becomes, the software becomes activated the moment you copy a wallet address. And once it sees that you copied a wallet address, what it does is it will change few characters in the address. Now, wallet address is a very long string of characters. I think it's like 32 or something. Well, you're not going to sit there and compare every single character. No one does that. It's very hard. I mean, it's cumbersome, doable, but cumbersome So what this virus would do It would change few characters And you send that address to your client Your client makes the payment You never receive the payment Right? Now the client is going to say I made the payment, you're going to say I never received the payment And now you get into a conflict Because the client is right, and you're right, you both are right But how, how do you deal with this situation? We haven't figured out the solution yet And luckily, thanks God, we haven't Gotten into this situation yet but that's one example of how this malicious software works.
0: So the next question is a matter of holding it on your balance sheet versus turning it into cash as soon as possible. You also mentioned some stablecoin possibilities. But how should people think about that? And maybe what do you think about it?
1: I can share with you what we do at Vestec. So what we do is, uh, and we have al- always done it even in the before Bitcoin times, money comes in, we take portion of that, we put it in different investments and the rest of the money goes into either you know paying our operating cost or you know other expenses and 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 distribution to the to the owner and that has been the model always we continued that model in the bitcoin era bitcoin comes in let's say you know you receive 100 dollars i want to invest 10 dollars into investment so that 10 dollars stays in bitcoin or if i want to just, if i want to change it to other Uh, Cryptos as well to diversify the investment So all the standard things that you do with any investment portfolio And the rest of the money goes into fiat account And we apply it wherever it needs to be applied That's the model that we are using Some people, they don't want to do that They don't want to take any risk I've spoken with a few other uh, business owners What they do, they immediately transfer 100% of incoming bitcoins into fiat To their bank account Uh, Yet uh, another couple of people that I've spoken with what they do is they convert Bitcoin to something like USDC or USDT. Both are tethered stable coins uh, for the reason they don't fluctuate much. So they will transfer to those coins and then leave them in the wallet. Because in some banks, they apply fees on the transaction. It's like per transaction kind of fee. So you don't want to transfer all the time. Instead, you want to transfer like less frequently and therefore converting it into a stable coin and leaving it in the wallet. Another reason why you would want to leave it in the wallet uh, is if you are in, into crypto investing or Bitcoin investing, you want to keep your money in your crypto wallet. So when the prices go down, you're ready to quickly buy. Because if you, if you try to transfer money from a bank account to a crypto account, that can, take a, that can take some time and you might lose the opportunity. So that's another reason why somebody would want to hold their crypto in their crypto wallet, but not necessarily in Bitcoin. To avoid some of that risk.
0: Now, between when we scheduled this interview and when we're recording now, in between that that time, there was the Bitcoin 2022 conference. And I don't know, are you familiar with uh, Jack Mahler's King's Gambit announcement? Did you happen to see any of that, or, or keep up with uh, what he's doing at Strike by any chance?
1: I think I saw something. Don't remember the details. So
0: I, I, don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot. So for, forgive of me course. for that. That wasn't my intention. But one of the things he shared is, so Strike helps to convert very quickly um, Bitcoin into dollars. And one of the things he just announced is, I just wrote this down just because I wanted to make sure I got it right. For the, the uh, point of sale provider, NCR, they have a bunch of different companies they work with, McDonald's, uh, Chick-fil-A, Home Depot, et cetera, et cetera, and Shopify. And then also there's a payments firm I've never heard of before called Blackhawk, which might just show my ignorance. But They partner with them to, if I understand correctly, pay from dollars that would be turned into Bitcoin and then immediately turned into dollars for the company. So you would pay in dollars. It would be settled Mm -hmm. on Bitcoin, final settlement, like you were talking about earlier, and then they would receive it in dollars. So. I just think that's an interesting development that's happened just recently. I don't know much about it, as you can probably tell. But does it raise any flags in your mind as far as from a business perspective? Or does it sound like something that business owners could potentially use, assuming that I've actually described it correctly?
1: So I'm, I'm very familiar with NCR's business model. We actually used them in one of our projects back in 2018, I think. Um, The model that you described, it's a well-known model. I'm very familiar with it because we are building that kind of model in some of our current projects as well. Now, uh, going back to your question about why. right? So my question would be, why would you want to do that? Settlement in Bitcoin. Um, There are scenarios where that makes sense and one example that we two examples actually that we are currently dealing with one we just finished a product a platform and that platform it's an auction platform for a controlled pharmaceutical raw material so it's a raw material for the pharmaceutical industry but it's controlled and federally regulated and on the federal level it is treated as a drug on the states level it is not Uh, So there are certain states who are buying and selling this this raw material to the pharmaceutical companies. So we needed to create a auction platform where pharmaceutical companies and their agents, they can go and buy and buy this product and the producers, they can sell the product. But they cannot use banking infrastructure because of the federal limits on it, U.S. federal limits on it. So what we did, we said, okay, we can create all this system on the blockchain we take money from the buyers, the pharmaceutical company, in USD. We convert them to Bitcoin or something similar, and then on the seller side, we convert it back to to, to fiat currency and we pay it to the to the seller. And and these are very large transactions. We're talking about you know, uh, I mean, it's a wholesale um, platform for the wholesale market, so we're talking about you know truckloads of product and and equivalent amount of money. So in that case, there is a good reason why we want to do it. Another reason why we would want to do it is um, uh, we're working with a client, uh, they're building a, a very large commercial project outside the US. I'm trying to think what I can say and what I cannot say because it's an <laughs> ongoing project right now. <laughs> and and they want investments from the US. But if you try to do US dollar investment because of the current World situation—it's difficult to move money, and takes time, and there's cost involved. So what we did, we said, "What if we take cash here, turn that into crypto, move it over, turn that into cash, pay it to the to the vendors offshore?" And that's a commercial development project for a very large project. So, so those are the situations where. Sorry, I can't go into too much detail because these are all, yeah. So those are the situations where there's a good why available to us, why we would want to convert from one to the other. But if you're like doing business in the US, for example, I'm thinking like, you know, I have clients who are willing to pay me in, in Bitcoin. They want to pay in Bitcoin. I don't see a reason for all that back and forth other than it becomes more if you had a platform that handles all that conversion and back and forth. Uh, and you could provide it as a through NCR type service for point of sale, then yes, it becomes more streamlined. And you could probably bring down some of the operating costs that goes with using the banking and credit cards infrastructure. But that's my opinion on on this tech. We are using it in in specific use cases, though.
0: That's that's interesting to hear. And I, I think that's the idea. You know, the merchants are are saving, you know, two or three percent on all their transactions, which can be valuable. They have to begin incentivizing the customer to begin using the technology though, because it doesn't necessarily save them any money up front. I'm obviously out of my depth at this point in time. I appreciate you today talking about payments, getting us sure. introduced to the topic. I'm sure we'll be having more conversations with other people in the future about payments. But Sana, you kicked us off on this. I appreciate it. Before we finish up today, where can people go to find out more about you and the work that you're doing? in any number of areas, including maybe even your book. We didn't get a chance to talk about that today at all.
1: So the best way to keep in touch with me and the work that I'm doing and, and the writings and all that, my LinkedIn profile, and it's linkedin.com Sani, S-A-N-I. Perfect. All
0: right. Sani, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out, our email is info at bizbitshow.com. Also, if you haven't done so yet, go ahead and scroll on down to the show notes. There you'll find ways to connect with me and our guest, as well as our excellent sponsors who can help you succeed in your life and in your business. Keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn stats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today